Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Hello and welcome to the Sportsgrad Podcast. I'm Ryan Walker, and with me, as always, is the main event, the big ticket, Ruben Williams. How are you today, mate? Ryan, this is a, this is a stitch up. I'm not standing for this. I'm not sure I can go on with big ticket for too much longer. But thank you for that introduction. If there was a big show on this podcast, it, it would be you. You are you are the voice of the Sports Grand Podcast. So, um, if I'm the big ticket, you're the big show. I think I'll take the big show. But as the listeners will hear, there's a reason why I'm calling you the main event and the big ticket, which we'll hear about shortly. But uh, thank you so much, firstly, for listening and being part of the show today. And by downloading and getting involved, we really appreciate it. Today, we're talking to Justin Harmon about how to launch your career in sports technology. Before we start, uh, the Australian Sports Technology Conference is coming up on the 20th of November. So, we want to make sure that you're prepared to make the most of the day by hearing from one of the people who make the day happen. We've also got an exclusive discount code for those looking to attend. Use SGRAD30 at the checkout and you can save 30% off the price of your ticket and you can find the link and code in our show notes. It's going to be an awesome event for those who love learning. It's a leading sports tech event in the world led by Justin and, and the guys at Sports Tech World Series. Rubes, you're actually going to be presenting and hence the big ticket and main event titles. Uh, and you'll be talking about building a career in sport. Uh, plus, there's also going to be world-class speakers from all around the globe, all talking about how they, as industry leaders, have tackled an unprecedented year for the sporting landscape. If you're listening for the first time and thinking, what is this show? Who are these two guys? The SportsGrad podcast is your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I myself am a graduate of Notre Dame, Australia in Perth. Ruben is a graduate of Deakin University in Melbourne. And a few years back, we made the jump together uh, into working at Cricket Australia. Now, our aim is to help you do the same in whatever way, shape or form that may be in the sports industry. As I said, our special guest today is Sports Tech World Series Operations Manager and Australian Sports Technologies Network Brand and Communications Manager, Justin Harmon. Justin has been paving a career in the realm of all things startups, data, technology and its intersection with sport for the past three years. He's the glue behind the Australian Sports Tech Conference which, as we know, is the world's leading sports tech event and is going to give us an amazing insight into how a conference typically runs for thousands of people and turning that viral and virtual. Along with all that, the wisdom that comes with creating the platform and listening to the sports tech elite for a living. Justin, welcome to the Sports Grab podcast. Thank you for having me, fellas. It's a, it's a true honour to be on this. Never thought I'd be in a podcast and, and here we are. Here we are. We can't wait to hear all things sports tech from from your point of view, from someone who's listened to probably more sports tech presentations than anybody else on this planet. I think there's going to be some some great insights from yourself. But for those who have never heard of the Sports Tech World Series, who are you guys and why do you exist? 
So, good, good question to start us off with. So, um, Sports Tech World Series, a lot of us know us for our, our conferences, been running conferences, especially the Australia Conference since 2015. Um, so, basically, that was, we used to be in analytics and then we moved over into, into tech as well. So, um, the Sports Tech World Series is basically a global community for, for sports technology. Um, and that can be, you know, digital, tech, on-field, off-field, everything to do with that. Um, and our sort of mission is to be the trusted resource in helping companies, teams, and individuals excel in the world of global sports technology. Um, we work with our community to, you know, obviously bring together events, but we also do training, industry awards. We do a whole bunch of content, our own podcast, Sports Tech Feed, um, as well as market entry support and consulting as well. You've spent three years in the role of operations manager, Justin, and what does your role involve and what are the highlights of, of working for Sports Tech World Series? So yeah, my uh, my role as as operations manager is a rather rather fluid role. Um, I guess we're we're a tight knit team at, at Sports Tech World Series STWS. Um, you know, I'm, I'm technically operations manager in talking marks, but um, it sort of involves a, a lot of different things. Obviously, um, the events are one of our main things that we that we do. Um, so it's it's really working a lot with that. So it's helping you know secure speakers, sponsors um, for our events. Um, I also do a lot of the sort of digital marketing stuff. Um, for us in terms of socials um, and, and stuff like that, um, which has also sort of bled into my role at, at ASTN as well, so doing similar sort of stuff over there too. Can you tell us a bit about your role at ASTN and how does it combine with your role at the Sports Tech World Series? Yeah, so um, when I started out with STWS in 2018, um, later half of 2018, we have a really strong partnership with um, the Australian Sports Technologies Network, which is the, the national non-profit for sports technology here in Australia. Um, so we have a, a great relationship with them. Um, one of the directors of STWS is actually on the board for um, ASTN. So through that partnership, we were able to sort of find a, a middle ground that we can really help grow the ASTN with our sort of global database, um, but also working with, you know, we're in similar verticals doing similar sort of stuff um so it sort of bled into yeah why not if i'm if i'm doing similar stuff for, for stws why not do it do it for them as well so yeah i've been doing that now since yes it's 2018 and um as we'll sort of get in, get into i think a bit later but it's also created a whole bunch of other opportunities as well working working with that non-profit too how did you sort of find your way in, into the world of sports tech uh, and what are what are some of the opportunities that exist for for current students looking to get into sports tech? Yeah, so I, I, I did warn did warn uh, you two that this is probably my, my twenty minute twenty minute answer on this one. If I wanted to go too deep into my into my journey to where I've, I've gone to now, we um, actually uh, go go as deep as you want. I think we actually <laughs> have uh, we've had this idea of one of the like an award of some sort at the end of the year or at some point about the best answer ever. So, I mean, give it give it your all. Give us a 20. Give us whatever you like. Uh, I was so, going to say, yeah, this yeah. is where the super cut comes in and they just put like three three sentences in and then that's it. Um, yeah. But, no, look, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a bit of the thing. So, obviously, I went to, I went to university with Ruben, um, both both mature age, I believe, Ruben. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, so we were the, Not the sure how mature we are, but sure. Oh, trust me, yeah. No, no, I don't think we were the most mature. But, um, yeah, I think we were sort of the, the more, I guess, mature people that were there um, that sort of were trying, looking to take as much opportunity as we could at, at Deakin. I, I had really good or have good relationships with a lot of the sort of lecturers, tutors, um, heads of people there. So, um, 
yeah, went in as a mature age to do just sport management. It's what I always sort of wanted to do. Um, I ended up majoring in business analytics just because at the time Deacon um, runs on very much a, a commerce-based sort of thing and doesn't have too much in, into like the specific sports majors. Um, so business analytics was something I was like, cool, we can cross over into sports data. Sports data and this is 2015 um, is a rather, you know, it was a growing industry then. Obviously now it's even bigger, um, but at the time it was definitely getting bigger. So, um, yeah, so took that, went into that. Um, yeah, had had a lot of aspirations to, you know, sports data and stuff like that. It was really something I was really interested in. Everyone loves Moneyball. It's a similar sort of line as all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, and then got to my, my third year, had my, um, placement to go and was really struggling actually to find something in the sports data realm. So, and this is something I think that, that Ruben and I have sort of spoken about before as well, when, when I was in university and stuff like that, um, and say you want to work in sports data, it can be really difficult if you don't do a lot of the research yourself or know the right people to talk to to actually try and find somewhere to go in that realm. Um, it is a bit of a gated community at times. So unless you know the right people or can get into a certain spot, it can be rather difficult, especially to find placement for a, a short period of time. I mean, I look back now and there's, there's plenty of opportunities, but unless you really open your eyes, that can be quite difficult. Yeah, so I ended up getting sort of an interview with um, my director, Johan, and uh, my sort of partner in crime now, Mark, it was just a casual coffee sort of catch up um, and they were basically running the, the sports analytics conference. Um, so it was like, cool, it's a great spot to go um, in terms of, you know, working with, you know, people in analytics or would be working with people in analytics um, and sort of grew from there. So sort of had a, a baptism of fire in a sense. Um, so started working for them uh, for my placement and then uh, I think it was my Second weekend was our Australia conference for, for 2018 and was a room manager for that. And as I think I've, I've spoken to Ruben about this, it was very much a, a sink or swim moment that they, they put on me that I didn't know it was. Um, so it basically it went into that. If I couldn't manage that room well, um, I don't think I would have been there much longer. But obviously, I obviously did not too bad there. Um, and then it sort of grew from there. So I did my placement there. Um, and then from that, did my 100 hours graduated um, and sort of stayed on and I stayed on with us. And um, I was lucky enough that when, you know, my sort of placement finished, I was able to go to the U S um, before I was actually a full-time full-time member of the team yet, which was um, a pretty, pretty big thing for me. I mean, I've, I've only gone to the U S once before and it was a, a hell of a trip for me to get there of saving and stuff like that. But to head over there for work was, was pretty special. Um, and yeah, it's, it's sort of built from that. I think, um, sports tech and sports analytics are very much, they're playing in the same fields. Um, it's just slightly different. So, um, as I sort of said, we used to be the, the sports analytics conference. We, and the sports analytics world series is what we were. Um, but we found that sports tech was a lot more encompassing of everything that is actually around that. So the tech fuels the analytics and the analytics fuels the tech in a sense. Um, so it's been, yeah, a sort of a, a slight transition over the past sort of 18 or so months to moving towards that sort of model. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. I mean, working in events at the moment obviously isn't, isn't the easiest thing. Um, but, yeah, it's afforded me some great opportunities to, you know, last year was able to travel, I think it was about seven or so times to do conferences around the world. Um, yeah, sort of like you said, rub shoulders with some some pretty cool people 
doing a lot of cool stuff in, you know, even just the sports thing. And, you know, we're all, we're all fans of sport and sports rather a fun thing to talk about, especially when you're talking to some people who are doing some pretty crazy and exciting stuff. Justin, just going back to that conversation where you are the room manager of that, um, at that Australian conference in 2018, how, what, what was the conversation like after? Do they explicitly say to you, you know, good job, Justin, if you didn't handle yourself, we were, we were ready to replace you. Like, is that, Literally what they said? I think it was, it may have even been after I was in the US. It may have been a, a strategy week conversation over a couple of beers, I think. And it was sort of brought up like, oh, yeah, if you didn't, yeah, if you didn't do a good job, you, um, yeah, we were very much touch and go with you at the time. I mean, um, sort of touching on something that I did before, um, that stuff I, I used to do. Um, so I was like a, a competition manager for hoop time at Basketball Vic. So handling you know, maybe 300, 400 kids in a stadium on one day, um, comparing that to, you know, handling a crowd of 1,000 people that are adults, it was sort of child's play a bit. Um, so it certainly wasn't the hardest thing for me to transition to. But, um, yeah, no, they've been great. It, it certainly wasn't cutthroat. They're very, very clo- close-knit, you know, to a bunch of blokes. But it was pretty funny when it was like, oh, look, you know, it's a bit sight unseen. We had, it was two weeks before the conference. Um, and because we're such a, a small team, wherever we can get help, you know, it's great to get help, especially around that sort of event stuff. So like we always, you know, try and encourage as many volunteers as we can to help us out with the events. They're certainly not the easiest thing to run when we're a tight knit team and there's only a couple of us. But yeah, no, it was, I think it was definitely a well post that time. Cause if I knew that going into that. I probably wouldn't have done a decent job, to be honest. I've been too distracted about trying to do the right thing. And you mentioned the uh, the travel that you've had since then, the extensive travel that you've had. One of the um, the great misfortunes of this year has been that you've narrowly missed out on your gold class um, status, frequent flyer status, I believe. Yeah, it's a, that's a real dagger in the heart, Ruben. I didn't want to bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> um, Yes, there was there was a, a situation where I was um, traveling to. We ran out Japan and US conferences within two weeks of each other, or within ten days of each other. Um, so unfortunately, when I flew to um, the US was first, and uh, in order to get a ticket to run through for both conferences, we had to go via Japan first, which was Japan Airlines. This is not a sponsor for Japan Airlines at all because they didn't give me good even fly points. Um, Shout out to the guys like, at Japan Airlines, though they'll be listening. So yeah, exactly, no, exactly. Um, yeah, give me more, give me more points next time. Um, but yeah, because of that, it went through. So I had to go from Japan to to Texas to back to Japan. Um, and if I'd done that on a, on a normal flight, I would have been safe, but, um, we all ran short last year. I think it was all, um, it was a weird year for us. We, we traveled a lot, but I think what, what happened was we were just, we, one thing that we do is we try and break out our conferences and we try and, you know, go to different places, but also space it out over the year. And we always end up doing one or two before June. And then from June till November, it's every six weeks. It's like, okay, cool. Here's one. What, you know, what are we preparing for the one that's in 10 weeks? So. Um, but yeah, shout out to Japan Airlines. Yeah, no doubt they will be listening. Um, the Australian Sports Tech Conference is going virtual uh, on the 20th of November with a fully immersive conference platform. Can you talk us through sort of the setup and how it's all come together and um, sort of how it compares to, to other years? Yeah, I think for us going virtual, um, it's a lot more preparation beforehand. I mean, we always have a lot of preparation, you know, because you're trying to get, especially for, 
landmark ones like our Australia ones sort of have sort of two tiers. Our Australia, um, UK and Europe conferences are, are definitely our sort of top tier conferences where we're trying to get in as much sort of top talent from around the world as we can. That's certainly been easier because you don't need to fly someone in to Australia or into the UK from the US to be able to, to speak. Um, so that has been able to afford us. We've got some some great guys coming in, um, which, yeah, so we've got Andrew Shannon from uh, AMB Sports and Entertainment, which is the Atlanta Falcons, um, Atlanta United Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where last year's Super Bowl was. Um, and then we've also got the CEO of um, Hoop, the Hoop Band, which has been taking the, uh, the sports world by storm. It seems like everyone's wearing them. Um, they're the sort of health, sort of the, the Fitbit on steroids in a sense for athletes. Um, we've got the CEO of him coming in talking about um, their product and they've just closed a $100 million funding round with Kevin Durant and um, Patrick Mahomes and Rory McIlroy. Like this is this is big tech. So him him coming in is certainly something that we would have loved to have in Australia, but it's certainly a hell of a lot easier when, you know, he can stay in the US and we can have that, that conversation and get him involved um, from there. Um, that's definitely a positive of the virtual event. I think the, the immersive conference platform is great like we've run through it we're we're happy with it um you know it's certainly not at the same level as our, our normal networking that we really pride ourselves on but i guess in a from a virtual standpoint my job gets a hell of a lot easier because i'm not chasing around speakers trying to make sure they're in the right rooms for you know 10 minutes before each session um that's where i end up using a lot of my energy throughout the day um it's certainly a little bit easier when everyone's virtual and you know you just have to be logged in in front of a computer so that's definitely one thing that's um that's easier about it but yeah we're, we're hoping that we can build off this virtual one and you know really kick started to 2021 when we can and bring back our, our physical events justin you have seen plenty of presentations and met with lots of cool people over the years who have been some of your past favorite presenters and the presentations that you've seen I've kept the number one slot open for, for you in a couple of weeks, Ruben. I think that will be the number one. Um, that was a deliberate was question, about, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he knows. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if it makes the top 10, I'll be surprised. <laughs> oh, geez. That's, he set himself the top 10 as like that's some sort of benchmark that he'll hit. He, yeah. See, Justin. I said I would be surprised. I have full confidence in Ruben. Um, top 10. Yeah, no, well. I will. I will slightly touch on that. I think what what you guys are doing and in, in the sports grad sort of thing is a great thing for us to have involved in the, in the conference. Um, in that sense of the, I guess the, the student side of things and really sort of catering to that, we always get a lot of students, we get a lot of volunteers and stuff like that. And it can be nerve wracking going into you know a conference where you know realistically you could be sitting down in a session next to the you know the CEO of Champion Data or you know someone some higher up VP of Stats Perform or something like that. Um, and you want to be able to have that casual conversation with them if they're there. Um, so I think that's something that's really valuable, valuable that you guys are doing. Um, in terms of sessions that I have seen, yes, I have seen a lot. Um, there's a couple that definitely stand out. Um, someone that I always love, love seeing and she's presented at our past two Australia conferences is um, Stephanie Kovalchik from Tennis Australia. Um, I normally am the one that's room managing in sort of the data analytics stream that we normally run. Um due to my sort of genuine um, interest in that sort of area. Um, but one that really stood out, and it was actually that, that first conference that I was that I was at, um, they were doing some amazing stuff with sort of um, video data and being able to predict uh, tennis players' chance of winning their next point by their facial expression of 
when they say if they if they had an unforced error, um, if they looked like if they they'd obviously be a bit frustrated or something like that. Depending on what the reaction was, they could then sort of calculate and predict whether or not they would win the next point. Um, so that was one session that sort of blew my mind, and that was two weeks in. Um, I will say that I think Stephanie was out there for 45 minutes after that session with people constantly wanting to talk to her about what this was. And that was that was ranging from students to, yeah, big, big companies being like, hey, this is amazing. Um, another one that I think has definitely been bigger, especially as um, the mind has become as much of a training tool as a, as a physical body is um, platypus neuro, Tom Nugent, who we've had speak at Australia and at uh, the US conference. Um, so a lot of the sort of mind training stuff and neurologically getting a, an athlete to perform at their best um, actually through the mind as well as, you know, their physical ability. Um, they're doing some amazing stuff with that. Um, I think Tom, yeah, Tom's worked with with athletes, um, but it's also it's like the same stuff. It's military grade sort of stuff. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a pretty mind-bending session when at first, I mean, I've seen it twice um but definitely the the second time it's pretty crazy to look at it and just like as you're going through it someone that hasn't sort of seen that sort of stuff before and what they do um it can be really really interesting um another thing that i'm i'm really passionate about is that we do a lot of startup showcases at conferences so we'll try and I, that's something that i work really closely with is organizing those and um getting those startups involved and that's usually four to five startups on the day they'll maybe have a, a five minute pitch um, and we'll have some judges there to, you know, sort of um, critique or ask questions or and sort of judge, you know, sometimes we do competitions, sometimes it's just a plain showcase. Um, but it's always good because there's always really different ideas in there. I mean, there's always some things that you're like, okay, cool, you're an adaption to something that already exists. But then sometimes there's stuff and then you go, wow, this is something that I haven't seen before. Um, and there's been instances where people have had that sort of, you know, that first opportunity to, to showcase it at one of our conferences um, and they either get acquired or they build a partnership out of that. Um, and that's the sort of stuff that we really like seeing out of the conferences for sure. What's something or a few things that you, you sort of learnt from running these conferences and um, and events that you wouldn't have learned otherwise? Yeah, I think in a professional setting, it's probably something that is a bit generic, but it's something that in our line of work, it's it's been quite evident is sort of the composure in high pressure situations. Um, when you're trying to, to run a conference, especially one like Australia, where it's, you know, a, a thousand plus person event and you're trying to make everything run smoothly. And we're, like I said, we're a small team. Um, game day can be very stressful. Um, and especially in the, in the lead up to it, um, especially the past two years. I mean, this year is slightly different, but last year we ran an Australia sports tech week. We're running the same thing virtually. Um, but last year we were running, a hackathon the week before, then into a, a masterclass with ASTN, into some partner workshops, into a startup day where we had, uh, I think it was around 60 startups present like a, a two-minute pitch. And then from that, that was on the Thursday into the big conference on the Friday. So we were nonstop. I think I'd had less than 30 hours sleep during that week. Um, so that sort of stuff is um, it's something that, yeah, it's a lot of composure in high situations. It's the agility as well. We're, we pride ourselves on being a very agile sort of business when COVID hit um, in terms of our, our working capacity. Um, we've always been, you know, a team that everyone has their laptop. You can work wherever you need to work. Um, and that's something that I think I've really built into myself as well. And, and the pace that we work at is 
breakneck speed is probably the the, the easiest way to put it. Um, like like what I was saying, like we can go from a conference that's you know six weeks away to ten weeks. Um, yeah, back to back last year was yeah obviously Texas and Japan, but also um, we ran Netherlands and Canada within three weeks of each other as well. So um, yeah, a lot of that sort of stuff. And then I guess I guess personally for me, public speaking and confidence in public speaking is something that um, I've really got out of out of my job as much as I I listen to people. Um, I've also had a bit of experience with, um, especially in emceeing and stuff like that. So we have a, a traveling MC that comes with a shout out to, to Lachlan Wills out there. He's, um, an absolute, um, star, but he's been really good as well working with us. Um, especially with me when I went to Texas and it was, yeah, would have been, this is when I went just after my hundred hour placement. Um, and yeah, cool going to the U S and then get to the U S and get handled. Oh, you're emceeing one of the rooms. So I was like, okay, I've got basically zero public speaking knowledge at the time. Um, probably, yeah, the only time I've probably been confident was at uni because we were the mature age students and we, were, I know, felt a bit more confident in ourselves. But I certainly wasn't someone that was out there speaking and speaking my mind and stuff like that. Um, and he was great in that um, and sort of building that up. Now, you know, if I get handballed an MC job at a conference, it's no longer a, a burden or a thing that makes me extremely anxious um but certainly it's something that i've built up and um lucky um has been really good in that and i guess the team also puts the puts the confidence in in you off as well at least after my uh, first conference once they you know tried to throw me under the bus or tested me out but yeah they've been good since then There'll be a, a lot of students listening who also would be loving to improve their public speaking ability. Were there any specific tips that Lachlan gave you before you jumped on stage in, in the US? Yeah, I think, I mean, it depends. One thing that I, I feel really strongly about and something that I learned very quickly and he was, he was very on top of it is, especially at events, unless you're speaking to royalty or something that is like extremely, you know, proper, Everyone wants to feel comfortable, and if you're comfortable up there and are very casual about, you know, you're not throwing out swear words left and right, but you're, if you're very casual and relaxed in the way that you're talking, it relaxes everyone else as well. So one thing that, yeah, you really can get caught up in thinking like, oh, what if I screw up? What if I screw up? But if you just roll with it and it's like, if I screw up, I screw up, and you sort of project that in the way that you are, it's not unprofessional. It's just casual, and it actually is rather, you know, it's a really good place to be that you're not feeling like you're, you know, you're trying to hold yourself to a higher standard that you really don't need to and only you're just really putting more pressure on yourself. That's something that I think I really struggled with early on that Lockie really helped me with as well was being like, okay, it's, you know, he's, he's done stuff on Triple M. He's got a great voice. He's, he's awesome. Um, and, yeah, it's like it's you really just need to have it, yeah, have yourself in a really good sort of casual space where it's like no one's here to think that you're like, calling like something that's like the most official thing in the world, like a presidential election or something like that, right? <clears throat> it's it's not that. So um, yeah, if you if you're really casual about that, the public speaking thing can come a lot easier. And it's just having the confidence in yourself. I mean, people want to listen to you, or they're going to listen to you. So just you know, accept that and don't think too much about it. It reminds me a little bit of uh, some uh, echoing a little bit of what Kath Lochnan said to us, Ruben, about sort of hosting you're just sort of facilitating people watching the footy. You're just, you're just asking the questions. No one's, uh, no one's sort of looking at you and saying like, you are what we're here to watch. It's, uh, they're here to watch footy. So you're just facilitating it, I yeah. guess. Maybe yeah, a few, yeah. um, 
few wedding gigs for you in the future, Justin, perhaps, um, seeing as this is quite a skill of yours, it seems. Oh, it's, it's certainly not a skill. I was going to say, in terms of that, I did listen to the, the Catherine. It was, yeah, it was great. We had a moderate actually one of our sessions last year at the conference. Um, and she's great. And yeah, the, um, I certainly won't be doing any weddings sometime soon. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> look, it's one, th- it's one thing to do at a conference where it's something like, yeah, I've been studying or following up and talking to these presenters, um, you know, for, for weeks leading up to the, to the conference. Uh, it's probably another thing having to worry about doing a, a wedding for, for someone else. I, I definitely I reckon, won't be my resume. I reckon a wedding probably opens you up more to criticism than a conference in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I think more, weddings are worse. Yeah, a few more sort of cold sherbets and beverages being consumed could open you up to a little bit more criticism. But, um, yeah, we can only drain. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. Like that, that advice from from Lachlan does mirror exactly what Kath said. And her big thing was just be natural. And she was, from what we see on TV to what we heard from her in person, she was probably the most natural person or one of the most natural people that we've we've come across. And so, I think that's great advice to kind of echo and, and reinforce that message from Kath. But um, but yeah, look forward to your future career as a, as a celebrant, Justin. Um, I'll um, have to put you in touch with a few people. Ruben no, might be in the market soon, yeah. Justin. So no, you know, no, no, your call. This is this is not staying in. This is not staying in. No. I'm not. I'm not adding that to my resume. No, thank you. <laughs> conferences are easy compared to that. Back on the topic topic of conferences. Um, in terms of networking, uh, you mentioned it's going to be a bit different this year when it when it is virtual. Uh, what are some of the ways that you're setting up or facilitating the, that networking element? And who can we expect to see in the crowd this year? You mentioned that, you know, you do, do give students the opportunity to rub shoulders with, you know, people from all levels of the industry at your in-person events. Who can they? Who can people expect to see at the virtual event? Yeah, I think starting off with that, the networking thing, it's sort of what I was touching on earlier, that networking is probably our most valuable asset Um at STWS, we are a global community and something that we really love is being able to put people, you know, in a room with someone that they just wouldn't imagine that they're in a room with or in a position where, you know, say you're a, a data scientist or something working at Hockey Australia, you can go and talk to someone who's doing it at the AFL level or, you know, someone that's in a different realm that there's just not, especially when, you know, analytics and technology and stuff has been a bit more of a niche, um, having that ability to bring those people together in one spot has been something that we found really valuable. Um, so I think going off that, obviously this year it's virtual, so it's a bit different. We've got like the breakout rooms running, like you're in room, which are a lot more like the interactive sessions. Um, so we're trying to, you know, incorporate a bit more of the, the networking thing through that. Um, we've got the live chat throughout the day as well, where um, the speakers will actually respond to questions as well, um, as well as sort of a, a post session um, breakout room as well where um, attendees can go in and ask questions the same way as if you're presenting at the conference you can go up to them after the conference and you know ask them a question it's the same thing through that um, in the virtual platform but I think um, for us you you can do what you can virtually it's just not the same Um, especially for us we're trying to carry through as much of that networking thing as we can but I mean you can attest to last year but I don't think anything you know beats having a beer at the end of the day and you know, rubbing shoulders with some people. And I guess the the people there, 
um, sorry, probably more going towards what you were sort of asking me about who you can expect to, to see there. We, we're expect like we always get almost every NSO has someone that's either in the sort of digital space or in um, a sort of area that has to do with either their data collection or data management or stuff like that. You get every sort of sports betting. It's, it's all a big convergence. It's like NSOs, sports betting, um, general analytics stuff as well. Like, so the analytics consulting, data consulting, you get a real mixed bag, but it's also something that you'll end up at a, at a physical event and, you know, as much as you can in a, in a virtual sense, um, you'd be surprised at the variety of people that you get to, to have a chat with or, you know, have the opportunity to speak to at, at one of these events because, it is a, a wide realm that we, we try and fit around. That's what we're trying to bring bring sort of together as well. We might have to arrange, now, particularly now that Melbourne is starting to open back up again, a post-virtual conference meetup at one of the local pubs in Melbourne in case anyone wants to, to meet in person. So we might have to place a booking down, Ryan, for 20 lucky people or however many we can manage. Yeah, maybe intertwine it with the sports grad ball. I'm not sure how we'll... Um... <laughs> how we can do that but no absolutely i think it's something that people will be really keen to do after being in lockdown for so long um actually get some face-to-face networking would be would be fantastic uh now justin i've i've got some late mail here um that's come in um, and i believe there's a way that students can win a cheeky 5k at the conference too can you share a little bit about the hackathon yeah so the, the hackathon we're running, it's on the conference. It's the, the Saturday and Sunday before. It's the 14th and 15th of November. Um, so basically, we've got a really good relationship with um, LaunchVic, uh, the Australian Sports Technologies Network, obviously, and our data provider, Champion Data. Um, we work quite closely with them. And it's basically a, a fun opportunity for students, young professionals, really anyone that's passionate in data to get their hands dirty with some, you know, official AFL data. So we're talking the same stuff that, you know, AFL clubs pay whatever it is each year to access and run everything off. Um, yeah, you get the access to that. It's free to free to enter, um, and you basically can can take that data and basically create some some cool tidbits and find some things, especially about this season. Um, you know, it's obviously been a, a different season than we've we've ever had, um, and sort of analyzing you know what are the trends and what are the things that were clearly different this year compared to. Um, I guess, you know, a standard season. So it can be the, yeah, the shortened times between games. Sometimes we're playing games within, you know, four or five days. Home ground advantage obviously is a big one. My Lions weren't able to get it across the line, which I'm quite devastated about. But, um, but yeah, also looking at, I guess, why certain teams had a lot more of an advantage than others um, in that sense. And obviously it didn't pay off in the end with return. Even winning didn't matter. Um, but, yeah, looking at that sort of stuff, it's, it's free to enter um, yes, it's a 5K prize pool. Um, so it's a, it's a win-win. It's an opportunity to, especially if you're in that space, and this is something that I wish I had access to or knew more about when I was at university, is this is like the perfect sort of opportunity for you to get some real experience with real data that, you know, these are the sort of people that if you want to work in this industry, this is what they're working with. So this is your opportunity to to go in there, have a play with it, you know, it's all for fun. We're not here to, you know, there is money involved, obviously, but it's more about the experience and we're here to try and create that experience and give you an opportunity to sort of have a taste of what you want to do in the future. Um, but, yeah, free to enter, can't sort of endorse it more than that. 
Um, it's, you know, if, if it's, if it's free to enter and you, you can win some money, you know, and you're working with some, some pretty cool data and the stuff that, you know, clubs are using, I mean, I can't see any negatives working through that. I mean, it's a, it's a weekend, but at least in Melbourne, you're, uh, it, it's open worldwide, but at least in Melbourne, there isn't too much you can still do yet. So is there, the opportunity. do you have to be a, a student to enter this? No, so it's it's we sort of skew it more towards that because that's normally what we sort of have as a, a crowd. We usually have a, a um, university partner we partner with um, normally partner with Latrobe in recent years um, to sort of ha- host it at Latrobe in the city. Um, but it's certainly not just um, connected to students. You can be we've had people from um, basketball Victoria um, and other things like that. The one thing is if you are working in the AFL. Um, we do yeah. have some strict guidelines in terms of you not you can't certainly can't come in as an analyst of the Dockers and bring your own data in. I was in just and, about to say like we that. could get uh, get Kevin Wilson and, and Lauren Boothby, two of our analysts that we've had on the, the Sports Grad podcast, to get in there and get us a cheeky five k. But we won't endorse that in any way. <laughs> no, no. Well, I was going to say I think I think it's something that um, yeah, those sort of guys like I can probably I mean I can't exactly vouch for them, but I think it's something that you know it's really valuable if you want to go and work in that sort of area. This is you know one of the best ways for you to get involved and get some real experience working with the stuff. We work closely with Champion Data and the AFLs involved as well in terms of judging it and looking over the results and stuff like that. I mean, hey, you put together a, a real you know blow away performance here, you might you know have a knock on your door in a couple of weeks. Sounds like an absolutely awesome opportunity. We'll, we'll wrap it up on this final question. But, Justin, you've been able to apply your experience in sports tech through an accelerator program at Startup Bootcamp. Based on what you've learnt and taught others by being involved in that, what advice can you give to, to students and young professionals about getting involved and working with startups? Yeah, it's something that um, I was very privileged to, to be able to do through um, our connections at ASTN. Um, so through that, um, the ASTN has a, a great relationship with Startup Bootcamp who do uh, a wide range of global accelerator programs. Um, here in Melbourne, I think they mainly focus, I think it's uh, FinTech, uh, Energy Tech and now Sports Tech. They're, they're running sports and event tech. Um, and my, my good friend and, and mentor, as I, as I would call him, um, Ollie Howard, brought me in there to, to help out um, sort of help run that accelerator program with him. And I think it was, it was definitely a different experience for me where um, I went from, you know, working in a, a small tight knit team of, you know, five or six people to start boot camp at, in Melbourne. And I think is, yeah, it's probably 20 to 30 staff. And it's, it's a, it's a rotating thing of, of young, young sort of um, interns and stuff like that as, as well. Um, but I found myself managing 20, 20 people, <laughs> um, which was quite interesting coming from what I was doing. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, managing that, but I think it was also the opportunity. And I think what I really wanted to touch on is um, working with those startups and the opportunities that can come for working with startups. When, especially when you're at university and I'll, I'll be the first to say, you know, when you go to university and you go, okay, cool, I want to work um, in sport I want to work in an NSO or an SSO, or I want to work at, um, I want to work in Clubland, as I now call it after <laughs> working with the champion data guys quite a lot. You refer to it as, as Clubland. Um, but that's sort of what you aim to sort of go to. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities working with startups and working with, um, these sort of lower level in terms of 
you know, they're they're still starting out and they give you can you can get a lot of different experience out of those sort of places. Um, and working through that with the with the startup bootcamp team was a it was a great opportunity to sort of build up with these 10 startups. From the ground up, you're basically running through how a startup works, how to set yourself up from a business model canvas to financially to securing investment to presenting, you're doing everything. And working with a startup is how you can really start to learn stuff like that. And like I said, it's it's an opportunity for you to work in a lot more areas than you'd think you would just have if you worked at an SSO or an NSO where you're rather pigeonholed in a certain area. That gives you the opportunity to work in a lot of different areas. And it's similar to what I've done at STWS where I came in, you know, working in events but doing a lot of digital marketing stuff now. You're if you're in a smaller team, it's actually a lot easier for you to get a lot of different experiences than just working at, at Clubland. I mean, they're not going anywhere. If you do want to work there, there's there is I'm sure there's opportunities down the line to go there. Don't set your path on going straight to your dream job, basically, in a sense, um, because you're better off collecting a whole bunch of stuff and working other things before that. Um, I think that's something you guys and something that Ruben, I think we've even spoken about before, and something you guys really endorse is you know working with grassroots clubs or working at you know, a, a, a lower level to build up that experience so that when you do go for those dream jobs, you've got so much experience behind you that it's like, even if I don't get the job here, somewhere else is going to recognise what I've done. Um, and I think it's something that is really important and is something that I think a lot of students get discouraged on is um, the the dream is to, to work in a certain job or work in a certain place or it's like this is where I want to go um, and they put all their eggs in one basket but you've got to be more open because otherwise you're just setting yourself up for not a fun time um, which is sort of another thing that I so, sort of probably could have mentioned in my in my journey thing but um, yeah coming out of uni or finishing up trying to trying to get my placement I um, through the people that I'd come quite close with at Deakin was able to have a, a couple of chats with Daniel Pelkin who was at, at Collingwood at the time. Now he works for, for Chelsea, I believe. St- statistical wizard, um, I would call him, um, but had a couple of chats with him and he was able to get me an opportunity to go interview um, at Collingwood for, for placement um, and I didn't get it. And that was something that at the time I was really focused on going to Clubland. That's, that's where I wanted to work. I was like, I want to work in, in sport. I want to work in stats. This is my opportunity. Um and it wasn't the right fit. I was more numbers. They wanted more video analytics at the time. I didn't know what that was. Um, so it's it's about if you if you keep yourself on one track and you stay really like one track mind, tunnel vision. This is what I want to be. If I don't get there, I'm a failure. Like it can be like that. And it was a bit for me. I, I had a rough time with that. Um, if you keep yourself more open and really have a look at all the things around you, there's so many more opportunities than you actually realize. I think that's something that students really need to take on board. No, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, leave on that note because that's, yeah, one of the great points. And I know we talk about it a lot, Ruse, is, you know, you can't have that tunnel vision, we don't think, anyway. Um, you know, it's good to expand your horizons and get experience in all different areas uh, before you sort of settle down on what you want to do. And some, sometimes by falling into those opportunities, whether it be with a startup or with a grassroots club, which can be a startup in, in a lot of different ways, those parameters for opportunity to do things, as you mentioned, are much wider than if you get put into a role that 
estate organisation has set for yourself, like the opportunity to to do different things, which you found out you're working across a whole range of functions that would normally exist in a number of different departments in a, in a larger organisation, that experience is, is only going to serve you well. And I think that's really important advice about keeping your options open, you know, understanding there's a massive world of sports out there doesn't just exist within one AFL club um, is really important to making sure that, you know, you can continue on your career um, and stay open to opportunities. Yeah, I think it's – I was just going to say on that, that's that's something that when you started this room and that was something that I was very – I said to you multiple times, like this is the sort of stuff that we didn't, we didn't get taught in our time. Um, I think we – like, you know, you, you obviously, you, you went and got the Cricket Australia job and that's, it's great, but there's, there's always, you know, if you, if you think you're going to go straight into your dream job, it's, it's a one in a hundred chance, realistically. Um, you can put the eggs in your basket and go, I'm going to be that one in a hundred and good on you for doing that. Um, but you have to have the realization or confidence knowing that I may not get this and I need to find something else. Um, and yeah, it, talk to as many people as you can. That's that's also another thing. I mean, the conference is usually a great spot for that when it's it's physical. Um, you never know what sort of opportunities you can you can find. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a, a thing that um, I really want to hammer home as something that I didn't do myself that I think is um, really important. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have said after finishing uni that I'd be working for you know a company that that's running a lot of events and sports technology, not even technically analytics. I'm not sitting there running code all day. I'm, I'm out there, you know, talking to the people that run code. Um, it's certainly not what I would have expected. Um, and I certainly wouldn't say that's a negative. And I think that's something that people need to be really open to. Awesome. Well, Justin, we might leave it there for the time being. Um, thank you so much for chatting to us. And um, it's, it's awesome to hear about all your experience with obviously running events and uh, particularly the Australian Sports Technology Conference uh, coming up on November 20. Um, hopefully, you get that gold class uh, flight uh, status, I think, that you're chasing next year and um, and good luck for any wedding gig MC opportunities that may come down the line. <laughs> you're, setting your, you're setting yourself up to do too much editing here, boys. You, you put yourself <laughs> in that position. Um, yeah, I will say just in terms of the, the conference, yeah, we've got the hackathon on the, the 14th, 15th. Um, we've also got um, with the Australian Sports Technologies Network, we've also got three masterclasses as well. They're running that are virtual free to access um, with some really top sort of sports academics. So we've got someone from Ghent University, um, San Francisco University, uh, I think I'm trying to remember. And there was, oh, yeah, um, Lish from Harvard, which is, I think, I can't remember the acronym, but um, Harvard University as well, um, professors coming in to sort of talk sort of future trends in sport as well as, um, you know, sports technology and how it's really changing the sports landscape. I mean, they're free to attend and they're a really good opportunity for you to learn more about the sports technology industry as I think it can sometimes be be lost in thinking that it's just GPS trackers or um, little things. It's like this stuff is is really changing sport and there's a few really good um, sessions at the conference as well that you're really going to touch on the stuff that's that's growing and really going to change the way sport is is played and the way that sports watch and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, the masterclass and then, yeah, the, the big conference on, on the Friday. Um, like I said, the CEO of, of Hoop, um, Will Ahmed, 
Um, Andrew Shannon from Atlanta Falcons is just a couple, obviously. Main event Ruben here as well, having a you know big ticket, giving you an a an early morning pump up because he'll be there after those sessions to um sort of help you on your way as you you know navigate the the virtual landscape. Um, but yeah, we've we've got some great partners. Um, Stack Sports, Vol Performance, Synergy Sports, Conduct, Core Software. Um, these are guys that we've we've worked with for over the past couple of years, um, and these are the people that are really changing sport in terms of you know really bringing it into the twenty first century and t- using technology and analytics to do that. So um, yeah, it's a it's a packed week. Um, normally, be physical, and like I said, I think this year I probably would have had less than thirty hours sleep, um, but this this week coming up is um yeah it's really exciting it's a really great opportunity to sink your teeth into a whole bunch of stuff um to do with sports tech and sports analytics and at the end of the day it's yeah it's going to cost you a not much at all to get your your sports grad uh discounted ticket and everything else there is free so yeah jump on board get onto the sports tech world series.com we've got all the stuff there um under the conference australia page and yeah get involved and and come to as much stuff as you can if you want to get involved fantastic and as, as Justin said, uh, for those listening at home, get involved with the uh, Australian Sports Technology Conference coming up on November 20. You can get 30% off using the code SGRAD30. Uh, live keynote speakers, panel sessions uh, from global leaders all over the world, interactive virtual exhibit hall with live demos and vendor experiences, Interactive breakout rooms, as we've discussed, for your chance to get involved in all the discussion that's taking place. An interactive event app as well to connect you with fellow attendees and content on demand post-event to catch up on anything that you've missed. So, with our very own Ruben Williams presenting at the Australian Sports Tech Conference, there's no reason not to go. So, we're pleased to offer you that 30% off offer using SGRAD30 at the checkout. Do not miss that one. Thank you very much for listening. A reminder to please hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Drop us a rating and a review. It really does mean so much and helps us put together the show for you with more sensational guests such as Justin. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. 